Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and this very adult episode, we are going to be discussing BDSM in media, so I want to say, first off, I'm going to do this before we start as well, but I just want to say this is going to be a very adult episode, so it would not be appropriate for anyone under the age of 18, Um, this would not be, um, this might be very triggering for people who have been victims of sexual assault, um, who have been victims of domestic violence, Um, anything like that, because we will be talking about uh, negative portrayals as well as positive. We might be mentioning things that might have led us into this lifestyle if we're part of the lifestyle, if my panelists are. Um, So this is going to be a very, very, very adult episode. I can't stress that enough. I just want to make sure people know that. I'm very excited to talk about this, but I want to make sure people know this is not going to be a light, fluffy topic. I mean, people should know anyway with the words BDSM, but I just want to make sure. Um, And uh, Sasha is going to be offering some resources at the end of the episode. So if you need some resources, if this triggers you at all, um, and you decide to listen to it, or if you just need resources in general, or you know anyone who does, we will be offering those and they will be in the show notes as well. Okay. So before I have my panel introduce themselves, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes and an announcement. Um, as always, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. If you want to support the show and also support one Black Lives Matter organization and one Stop Asian Hate organization per month, click on the listener support link in our show notes or head on over to our anchor page and click support there. And we are offering some rewards. I will be also making a post about this as well on our Instagram and on Twitter and all of that jazz. So you can support us for 99 cents a month, 499 a month, or 999 a month. At the 99 cents a month, excuse me, 99 cents a month tier. If you support us for at least four months, you'll get a podcast sticker. You'll always get a weekly shout out, no matter if you're just supporting us one month. Um, so that'll start next week. That'll start doing the weekly shout outs for four ninety nine a month for again, at least four months. You'll get all you'll get podcast sticker, weekly shout out, plus a chance to be on a special bonus episode. So more details will come on that. And then the last year, nine ninety nine a month, once again, for at least four months, you'll get all the previous mentioned perks. Plus, you will get either a T-shirt or a coffee cup with the, it's a fandom thing pod logo on it. 
Okay, and then also, if you want to also support us through Redbubble, head on over to our Redbubble store, pick up some podcast merch, and once again, 50% of what we see from that will be split between one Black Lives Matter organization and one Stop Asian Hate organization per month. Okay, so I'm going to have my wonderful panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing they're into right now in pop culture. Start with you, Angela. Hi, so my name is Angela, so I, right now, the, the thing that I'm interesting and well i mean i finished you know watching you know bonding just before i can prepare for this broadcast and my pins i i actually do love it uh but i can explain more you know as we further like discussed it and everything um i mean also there is some of issues with it but overall i think it was just the character that i just like relate to and just like i'm just like on with so that's totally a pun, puns right there. So. I'm just gonna say no pun intended or <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> awesome. And then Sasha. I'm finally not last. I love it when I'm on with Susie. I actually so I'm gonna make a hard left for this episode just because I want to and I can. Uh I watched Tina on HBO Max which is the uh, biopic for Tina Turner. And it is real good, y'all. So um, if you are remotely a Tina fan, it is definitely worth it. It's hard. There's some, again, you know, domestic violence and stuff like that because of her relationship with Ike. But the story of her, her life, not easy. Everything she did was like, she fought tooth and nail for it. But it's real good um, if you're a music fan. And I mean, come on, it's Tina Turner. I know that's on my list of needing to watch. It's, oh. it's on my list. Maybe I'll be able to watch that tomorrow. Yeah. Bump it up. Yeah. Yeah. And then Susie. Oh yeah. So I too am going to do like a complete like 180. Like veering away from what we're talking about. Um, so it, so like for me personally, I, I like to see cartoons as an escape, and it's been a rough couple of weeks for me. So I have found great comfort in the cartoon series DuckTales. <laughs> like, it's, awesome. just, it's just it's so fun. Like, I don't know why I didn't. It's, it's the reboot with uh, David Tennant voicing Scrooge McDuck. So, but it's just, it's so fun and silly. And when I'm watching the dishes, I'm like, DuckTales. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just I'm having a gale time watching that show that's awesome though and I'm sorry that you've had a rough couple of weeks um and just as an aside Susie if anything becomes triggering for you just raise your hand if you need to step away feel free to do that but yeah and that goes for everybody if anything becomes triggering to you especially when we're talking about um Fifty Shades of Grey, um, please let me know because I don't want as much as I don't, I mean, I don't want our audience to be triggered, but I also really don't want our panelists to be triggered. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Y'all, Erin is like the most beautiful, considerate, amazing human being. Excuse me while I simp for her a couple of minutes. Right? <laughs> so great. Well, oh best host out there. Thank right? you. I- 
<laughs> thank you. I don't know. About that, thank you. Thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, okay. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into, I'm sorry, I'm not taking a hard left turn here, really. But um, I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with BDSM, but it does involve some domestic violence and sexual assault. But and of course, uh, murder. Um, I'm rewatching the show Bates Motel which was such an underrated show. And I'm rewatching it because we're doing an episode that's been added uh, where we're doing a collaboration with um, another podcast, uh, Streaming Bubble. So that host is going to be on and we're going to be talking about Bates Motel. And I love this show so much. And I've just been having fun rewatching it and falling in love with it again and rediscovering Dylan, 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 the best character on that show who deserves the world. Just amazing. And Vera Farmiga, who is just, she's a goddess. Just, I mean, she's just, there's nothing that's bad about her. So that's I've what I've never seen the show. Oh, you've got to watch. You would love it, Sasha. You would absolutely love it. I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't watched it because it's totally up your alley. Where um, is it at? Well, I actually, um, it's not, unfortunately, it's not available anymore. It was on uh, Netflix for a while, and then it's not on Netflix anymore, unfortunately. So you have to, like, rent it or buy it, unfortunately. Sorry. Hopefully it'll be back on some streaming service sometime, but... Like uh, Shudder? (laughs) That would be awesome. I don't think that'll happen. Well, maybe it will because of... No, no, it probably won't because of network stuff. But, um, But, yeah, it's really good. And, of course, if people don't know, it's about... Norman Bates set in modern times and as a teenager. So it's about the creation of Norman Bates and Norma Bates is in it. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really, really good show. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Okay. So let's get into our topic. And once again, before we start talking about it, once again, trigger warnings. And once again, this is an adult episode, not suitable for work. So not suitable for anyone under 18 as well. Um, but Again, trigger warnings if domestic violence, sexual assault, anything in that realm triggers you. If the subject of BDSM triggers you at all, this might not be the episode for you. We're going to start out talking about Fifty Shades of Grey because I want to get that done first. So um, if just that triggers you, maybe skip ahead till we're done with that one. Um, I mean, that's not the first thing we're going to start off with, sorry. But um, so I just want to... Put that out there again. And again, Sasha is going to have resources available that she's going to shout out at the end of the episode. And there will also be resources in the show notes. So please, if you are triggered at all, if you know anyone who needs help, anything like that, please go there. Um, Okay. So let's get into BDSM. Um, And I'm just going to go over a little bit of what, I mean, if you don't know what BDSM stands for, um, the B stands for bondage. The D sometimes can stand for domination or discipline. The S can stand for submission or sadism. And then the M is masochism. So it can be sexual activity that involves, for example, tying a partner up, games in which one partner controls another, or giving and receiving pain for pleasure. BDSM, that is actual BDSM, is completely consensual on both sides. You have safe words. It's never a thing like Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, it's very much based on being very consensual and actually a lot of times the submissive in some respects has more power than the dominant, which I think people kind of misunderstand that. So I just want to make sure people know that, that if you ever are researching this and you meet someone and they are not respectful of boundaries, they don't want to set up the fact safe words. They don't want to check in with you all the time. They don't want to take care of you afterwards. They don't know what, um, a drop means that kind of stuff then they don't, then they, then stay away. So I just want to issue that first and foremost, because I think 
a lot of people misunderstand what this is. Okay, so I want to go around and ask the panel, as much as you are comfortable sharing, um, what BDSM means to you personally in your life. Um, so I just thought it'd be nice to start out with that, just kind of to get more of an accurate depiction of this. So, Angela. Hi, so what, so I start getting into BDSM was, well, the book of actually Fear of Shade Creek came and I was like curious about it. Um, I read it, um, but at the same time, um, it triggers me a lot because there was a lot of scene where it was abusive and rape and I you know I just did not like how it was um and I had you know a lot of friends who were into BSM and so you know I you know decided to you know like instead of just like getting into the book went to you know go to you know, my friends who were into like doms and dominatrix and so that as well got me really excited I am gonna go in really dark I wanted to, you know, just know that this might be triggering, but, um, you know, like I, I know some of you guys know I was sexually assaulted, you know, and um, I lost a lot of my power, you know, just like trying to like, you know, love my body, love myself, and, you know, I felt the only way for me to actually try to get that control back was, and at, at, at that time, I was addicted to sex. Um, I am not going to lie, I was super addicted to sex and wanted a way to actually um, uh, inflict pain um, to others, to, to men who have hurt at me. And so, um, you know, I... In some way, it helped, like I said, it, it did help me, like, you know, gain back that power that I wanted, you know, uh, you know, I did practice, you know, being like a dominatrix for two years. So, um, you know, I, you know, I was able to, like, have a full understanding of how to love a body again and how to, like, you know, appreciate everything and also didn't realize that I actually do love pain. So, um, but that's how I just got into it and um I didn't also do realize how how still touchy topics that I'm still can't talk about but yeah that's it's it does mean a lot to me so well thank you for sharing that Angela yeah and I just want to stress that again if anybody doesn't want to bring up things I don't want you to feel like you're forced to bring up anything I just was saying that just sort of to get us into the mind here to into the frame of mind for the um, episode but once again if you don't want to share anything that's fine Sasha yeah so um I am older than half the panel by quite a bit so that's okay so this is going to be dating myself um I read so it started with uh and I'm going to throw out Anne Rice because I read the vampire series um but then I found out that she had written another series under a pseudonym, and it was the uh, the Sleeping Beauty series, which, if anybody has read, is extremely graphic. Um, and there is some stuff in there that I'm like, I don't think the human body can do that, but okay. <laughs> um, there are several things where I'm like, I just, how, you can't. 
no, anatomy doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'm like 90% positive anatomy doesn't work like that. But whatever. Um, so I had read her beauty trilogy. And um, there were parts of it that absolutely like turned me off. And I was like, nope. But there were some parts of it that I was like, all right, I can see that. Um, I think a lot of, and I don't, I think Aaron may bring this up too, so I don't want to step on toes, but um, I think a lot of people find the BDSM community, and Angela kind of touched on it too, due to different trauma, trying to regain power, trying to make sense of things. So I think that's probably, you know, where it came from. I was, I mean, full disclosure, I was sexually assaulted. I was raped at 16, but it wasn't, it was like a date rape. It wasn't a violent assault. It was a guy that I knew that doesn't justify anything. Rape is rape. I don't want to minimize it, but it wasn't a like violent, horrific assault. So I dealt with it a little bit differently. Um, and between that point and when I found the books and the topic of BDSM and started doing more research and stuff after that, I was assaulted again. And that one was a little bit more not okay. Not that one was a little bit more aggressive. Um, I'm not going to get into all the gory details because nobody needs that. Um, but for me, I think it was really trying to find, like Angela said, like, where is my power? How do I get my power back? Is this, you know, an acceptable outlet? What is it like? And I think there's certain things that are people's niches and there are certain things that are not, you know, and so I'm going to leave it there for now. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that, Sasha. Really, I appreciate that. Thank you. And Susie? I, I too, have um, I too have a history of abuse as well. Um, as a child, I was um, I was um, sexually molested by a trusted family member, so that's never <laughs> that's never fun nor good. Um, so as people might tell, my way of coping with it is through laughter. <laughs> because it helps me forget the pain. Um, it was, you know, it's something I'm still working through. Um, but I always had to deal with that as a child growing up. And eventually when I um, started going through puberty, um, I was reading like fan fictions. And I found this really good like BDSM Sailor Moon fan fiction where Usagi is this dominatrix and uh, Darian is her, like, becomes her sub. And I think out of all the works that I've read since then and all of the stuff that I've seen, I, f I don't, I haven't been able to find it since then, but, like, still today in my mind, it remains as the most, like, wonderful piece of, BDSM representation like this person definitely knew what they were what they were writing about and they knew how to portray this sort of thing in a very like wonderful and healthy powerful manner and reading that um it kind of stuck with me as a child and then later on when 50 shades came along I was like oh this this seems like it's something in my like field of interest so and 
I will I will say they came out when I was in high school. So I was like, oh, let's read it. And I started reading it. And oh, no. You guys. No. It was so bad. Like, oh, my God. Not even as a young, impressionable teenager could I be like, oh, this is saucy. Like, no, it was so bad. Like, it was so bad that my friends and I were, like, texting each other passages of the book to get like some chuckles like there's one passage I think in the first book where he brings in ice cream and I sent that to my friend and she was like oh I don't think I can look at ice cream the same way again I think it's ruined and I was like girl that's that's pancakes for me like I can't (laughs) like (laughs) um but I I I personally really like uh, BDSM because it can instill like it's either the dom or sub whoever's partaking in it with a sense of like confidence and control and personally for me like BDSM is all about the three C's I call them the three C's I don't know if it's used elsewhere in the community but these are the ones that I use so it would be like connection communication and above all consent because <laughs> there needs to, like First of all, connection. There needs to be some sort of connection between you and whoever you are taking into BDSM with or whatever connection you may have with BDSM itself. And let's hope that it's a positive one and and that you're going into it like knowing what you're getting into. And if not, then there's many different resources that you can look at because of the people that I've known in the BDSM community, all of them, well, the ones that I've had the fortune of meeting, they're all really loving and sweet and willing to like teach you more about this um, kind of like subculture almost. And we'll also moving on into communication. There always has to be a good line of communication between you and your partner, you and your sub, you and your dom, whatnot, because like anything you communicate it and make sure that if that communication isn't where it needs to be, that you guys can work together to get it there. Make sure that there is always a good line of communication between you and whoever you are taking into BDSM with, or not even just BDSM, whatever aspects of your life. Like if you're not comfortable doing something, voice that. If you want to do something, if you want to try something new, voice that. Make sure there is always a steady line of communication between you and whoever, and even between you and yourself, because that's always good. And that will just help you get more out of the experience or whatever it is you're partaking in. And consent. I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say this twice. I'm going to say it as many times as I need to. <laughs> to drill it into the heads of Chads and Karens and who, who, whomstever. Consent is key. Always get consent from your partner. If they don't feel comfortable doing something, stop the thing. If they want you to do something then make sure you have their consent. If they retract consent, then you stop the thing. There. It's like, it's... If my dog can understand consent, why can't some humans? I'm just... I'm going I'm to just say that. Yes. Amen. And then, Sasha, you want to add something on there? I just want to add to the consent. Just because somebody gave consent once doesn't mean they give it again the second or third or fourth time. You have to make sure that consent is given every single time. For every single thing. Because just because they did it once does not mean they want to do it every time. Bingo. And they can change their mind right in the middle of something too. Angela? I would like to say though, uh, go on YouTube. I don't know if you all just see this, but like search um, 
uh, consent is like drinking tea. Okay, I'll have to search for that. Yeah, I'll look that up. Um, for oh. me, um, my Me Too moment that I've gone into before on here actually didn't happen until after I'd already gotten into BDSM. Um, but a lot of the reason that I did was uh, it has to do with my own struggles with my mental illness and with being hospitalized against my will and against my mom's will when I was 14 and having basically just my whole world just completely shattered in two seconds and all my trust just I, I don't trust at all. It's very hard for me to trust people and all my trust gone that moment and feeling out of control all the time. I felt very out of control. And, um, so I just kind of discovered it. I discovered, and I, the other part of what attracts me to BDSM is I, um, trigger warning for self-harm is I do a lot of self-harm behavior and with BDSM, it's a more, um, it's a way to do it without actually, uh, this may seem weird to people who aren't in the community, but the way to do it without actually doing actual harm um, it's a way to do safe harm. It's a way to um, channel that um, emotion that you're feeling that you usually might turn on yourself and hurt yourself um, into a more uh, rewarding thing. I know that sounds weird, but into a more thing where you're in control of it and where it's not something that's controlling you. Um, and I'm a dominant because I don't feel in control a lot of time. And I, a lot of time I've lost my control to other people and I give away a lot of my power to a lot of other people. And that's why I've always gravitated more to dominant. I, I have done submissive stuff before too, but dominant is much more in my wheelhouse with men and women I've played around with. Um, and to me, I don't go to the real, real extreme stuff. That's not me. I like more of just the light stuff. And so that's kind of how I discovered it was more out of working through my trauma, through events that happened to me through my mental illness. So it was more me being like, okay, I can control this to an extent. But once again, those three C's that Susie has mentioned are so, so important because it's very, very important to remember that even though if you're a dom, I, you have some control, like you're the one in control, quote unquote, you still aren't completely in control. It's a mutual thing. It's a mutual thing of your sub being like, okay, I'm willing for you to do this, but I don't want you to do this. Or if you're in the middle of something, checking in and saying, okay, how are you doing? Is that, are you still okay? How are you feeling physically, emotionally, spiritually, if, if it goes there, whatever. Um, so I just want to make sure if you wanted to do this as a way to punish people, like as far as like, if you think it's a healthy like punishment and they don't have any say, then that's not really okay. Um, because your sub should have as much say as possible and just like you should too. And another thing I think that people forget is people are always talking about um, the submissive and how they sometimes will have a drop. It's called a drop where they have like this, it's just a sub drop and maybe something got too intense for them and they didn't say their safe word or people weren't checking in or something happens. Um, it can happen to a dominant too. So it's not just a sub that can have that happen. Sometimes a dominant, some things that a sub is asking them to do might be too intense for them or they might not have realized it. So remember that a dom also gets to have a safe word. A dom also gets to tap out. A dom also has to have consent. So it's not just the sub. It's This is supposed to be a mutually rewarding thing, beneficial. Um, 
it's not something that's always going to lead to sex. I think a lot of people also confuse it with that. It's not a thing where you might, you might never even see any ounce of skin that isn't already showing. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a sex thing. It's not necessarily where you're going to have intercourse, where you're going to have any kind of other sexual act. Like I said, I've done this with friends. So that's another thing I want to stress is I think it's too often inferred that it is definitely something where you're going to have sex afterwards. Um, so I just wanted to make sure to add that in there too. Um, but yeah, for me, it was mainly about having a place where I could feel powerful, but also like I was taking care of someone at the same time and they were taking care of me because I think a lot of times with the Dom sub relationship, you're both taking care of each other. You're both loving each other and caring for each other. And Angela, you wanted to add something. Uh, I wanted to add something, uh, basically, um, uh, when you, that's why it's, uh, I think it's always important to have, uh, aftercare. I think that's what you were uh, trying to say, or yeah. I was trying to see what that word was just aftercare. Just like, and I feel, I feel like that was also like, kind of like a, a common sense, not even if you don't practice BDSM, it's just like every time when you just do something with your partner, just always just checking in and like, Hey, there's, you know, are you doing okay? If there's something that we need to change communications, like Susie says. So yes, aftercare is super important. Yes, yes, totally agree. Yes, that's why uh, there's a scene when we talk about secretary. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it involves aftercare completely. So yes, that's very, very, very important is to do that um, and have respect for each other. It has to be a respectful relationship. And even if you're the one in, quote unquote, the dom if you the control position or the dom position, that doesn't mean you are in control of that person all the time and that you have complete say over their life or anything like that. Okay, which will lead me into the movie that seems to think this is what that's about. And apparently she supposedly researched this um, area, but she didn't, in my opinion. She didn't do her research because, as everybody knows, I can't think – I don't think I've heard anyone who's actually in the community – actually praise Fifty Shades of Grey, um, because let's talk about Fifty Shades of Grey, which, of course, Fifty Shades of Grey um, came from a fanfic that was a fanfic of Twilight, which Twilight also has a lot of consent issues to it as well. Um, and so, of course, this was a fanfic from that, which is a very poor, it's a very poorly written, too. I just want to say the writing is absolutely atrocious. And then, of course, they turned them into the movies. Um, I didn't really, I've only read snippets of the books and I saw the first movie. Um, so I want to talk about Fifty Shades of Grey and why Fifty Shades of Grey is so incredibly harmful, especially the fact that it is associated with this community. Um, so if, for outsiders to look at it this way. So, Angela, what what are your overall thoughts on Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, I would like to uh, go back to um, how, for me, it I did in somewhat like, uh, you know, Twilight's, I did like, um, I did read it. I was a huge fan. But at that time, you know, because I was in middle school or barely in high school, I think I did not know boundaries or understand. And I know a lot of, you know, growing up, a lot of kids these days, like they don't know boundaries because, you know, they would have parents who, and n nothing wrong with parenting. I know like there's parenting who, you know, do who don't show kids boundaries and things and for me especially coming from a very strict asian family i just didn't know how to get myself boundaries and 
I guess me just loving this kind of book because at this time knowing now like knowing like you know knowing like consent and boundaries it make so clear to me and so when reading 50 shade of gray it was just like i hate it i i, I don't know if there's any other word i just hate how how abusive and triggering it was for me like i was just like i just felt like i was going back to what was happening to me in the past and like and i just couldn't you know uh yeah i just i thought that it was a, like susie said like i thought there was like a book that was up my alley and it was completely different it was um i i just didn't like how there was just no consent and the fact that it was just so popular you know in in and i felt like there's just so many other films books that can you know you know, portrayed BDSM a lot better. And I'm just so sad that a lot of people who, who actually saw Fidu Shea Gray thinks that that's what BDSM is just consent mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so it's just dangerous, you know, just to have, you know, for someone who didn't research what she was doing. And I wish she, there's some fan fictions that is fine, but there's some fan fiction that needs to be put under the like hidden forever and that was one of them so yeah that's just my thoughts um and the fact the movie came out and still make billions yeah totally sasha um i'm gonna keep it super short and super sweet um 50 shades is all toxic none of it is good it is 100 toxic um the only reason that people consider it hot, and I'm using lots of heavy air quotes for hot, uh, is because the dude had a buttload of money. And, like, because, let's be real. If this guy did this stuff and was an average person, or even somebody in poverty, they would all be like, this is the most abusive thing I've ever seen. Why is this girl putting up with this? Like, it's straight mm-hmm. up abuse. It's because he's loaded, and so he can do whatever he wants, and it feeds that rich white dudes can get away with anything. It's toxic, it's abusive, and it really feeds that if you're white, male, hetero, and have any amount of money, you can do anything, and people will just cave to you and be like, okay, I'll be sheepish in whatever you say. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. Very and I true. can say bullshit because this is a not safe for work episode. So <laughs> fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And Susie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sasha, to your point, I think SNL actually did a skit with Dakota Johnson, where um, suddenly Christian Grey loses all of his money, and he's just poor, but he still has like the. <laughs> The like the last time she's like, wait, you're broke. He's like, yeah, but come on, let me whip you. She's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm just gonna just leave. So yeah. Uh, well, my feelings as was probably evident before, but as I'm gonna I'm gonna present y'all a lovely little analogy. Uh, my feelings towards the whole Fifty Shades uh, series and 
and such is it's kind of like eating mustard ice cream on a hot summer's day. It's unpleasant, disgusting. Like uh, you, you, wow. you feel so bad about this, about it. And at the very end, I just know that I'm going to need a shower to get all of it off of me. Like, I just know. Like that's that's how that's how best I feel like I can sum up what that like experience is. And I, I'm really sorry for the visualization. Everybody that was the Susie, best, that's though. a whole new level of dirty and not a good dirty. <laughs> I know. Oh it's <laughs> disgusting. Um yeah, it's it's not no <sighs> it's no bueno. Yeah, I don't it's so very harmful, and when you look at all this stuff, it's just, it is based off of, like, all the crap that Edward does in the Twilight series, and then it's then translated into, like, it's smuggled in, like, into the kink community under the guise of, ooh, isn't this sexy, come join us. Like, no! You stay in the shadows in your damp, dark corner. I don't want none of this. No, and, like, everything that Christian Grey does to Anastasia is basically, like, play-for-play of the cult leader manual separator yep. from loved ones make her feel loved and then take away the love and then blah 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 and I'm like I'm like I feel like I'm watching a horror movie like I felt like I was watching a whole horror movie with that with that <laughs> it's a great movie I just watched the first one because I couldn't be bothered to watch the others I was like no but I was like girl get out of the house no don't do this yeah you know what? If they had built it as a horror movie, I think we'd all have a different view of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. We'd all be like, "Oh my god, like, that was a great like, horror t- movie!" Oh, like, no lie, I was watching. Like, I was watching the Amityville Horror the other day, and they were like, "Oh, there's a red room in the basement." I'm like, "Ooh, Christian Grey's gonna be there." <laughs> Just <laughs> with mustard yeah, ice cream. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I oh yeah. I I completely. Uh, basically, you know, basically Christian Grey is if you were to take, because we're going to be talking about American Psycho on our next episode, if you were to take the Patrick Bateman character and be like, I'm going to make him be like the romantic hero, that's Christian Grey. Um, my issue, don't see him ever kill anyone, of course, but still, this is a man who basically, uh, who, who rapes her, who rapes her, takes her virginity in a forceful way. He never, ever, ever respects the supposed contract they're making out. It's never respected. He never really makes a good contract with her. He never respects her boundaries. He stalks her. Um, him buying a company for her is not a sweet romantic thing. He's doing it so he can control her and especially so he can get her away from any other guy that she likes. Um, it, it's never a consensual relationship. There's never any consent, 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 consent. It's about him taking control of her and owning her. And he's doing this because he was abused. He was abused younger. That's where this came from. He was abused. Um, Even though I think, if I remember correctly, they kind of paint that as an okay relationship, even though it really wasn't. And the fact that they paint this as this loving, committed, and he's the guy of your dreams kind of relationship and that it's sexy is so disturbing to me because especially if you don't know anything about BDSM and you think this is BDSM, it's it's harmful to me because if anybody was to model their relationship after this movie, I think it probably would be someone who already wants to abuse people um, as far as like if you were trying to be Christian Grey. But it just it just paints a harmful trope of 
this is, you know, if you want to be kinky, this is how you be kinky and you lose your control and you give your control over to somebody else. And it's okay if a guy stalks you because like Sasha said, that's the perfect way to view it is he's this rich white man. So of course he's going to get away with this stuff. Um, and it's just so disturbing. And, you know, when he like stalks her to like the hardware store or whatever, I mean, he's just following her everywhere. And he's just like, he doesn't respect her at all. He doesn't treat her like an equal. Um, he treats her as a piece of property and that is not a healthy relationship. Uh, it's disgusting. Um, and I, and I consume media that has a lot of issues in it too. So I want to say that I understand not everything we consume is going to be 100% okay. I love some romantic comedies, and most romantic comedies are harmful, actually, to be honest. So I understand that. But this one just irks me on a personal level because of the fact that it's it's put up there with and, – and I know this movie has issues, too. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But it's put up there with nine and a half weeks as being, like, on the same level and being about the same thing. And to me, they're so totally different. That that irks me too. I mean, like this was like considered like a modern day nine and a half weeks. They always talked about how she researched this community so well. And that's how she wrote this book. And I'm like, she obviously didn't or she talked to people who don't know what they're talking about. And that's also irked me because you'd see interviews with her and it'd be like, okay, well, if she's saying that she researched it, then this must be accurate. So it just does a lot more harm than good. And Sasha. I just, so two things. First of all, you mentioned the property. And for that matter, he can get a goddamn blow-up doll and abuse that. <laughs> like, yeah. let's be real. If you're going to treat somebody that man. poorly. He could commission one of those, like, robotic sex dolls. Yes. Exactly. Right. He's a bazillionaire. He could yeah. totally have real so skin, everything. You can't tell. It's fine. Whatever. I don't, I, um, I don't know with him having, like, a childhood issues or whatever. He should have spent his money on oh, a good damn therapist. Therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the research, Erin, I'm wondering if her research, heavy air quotes, <laughs> was uh, watching Secretary. Because the title character, and I know we'll get into it, but the title character in Secretary is Mr. Gray. And his office <laughs> is red. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> like, Throwing either that or she walked to, like, her nearest sex shop and was like, Okay, can you? Okay, mm, all right. See, okay, okay, I do. Or she watched the uh, movie Eight Millimeter, which I don't know if anyone on here has seen that movie. Uh, that would be another one she could have watched. And that I almost put that on the list, but I was like, "That's too. We're not going to get into that one." <laughs> but yeah, yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to some other ones that um, that are considered some of them positive by some people some negative by other people and so i know people are going to have different viewpoints on these movies and there are some issues with all of them i think to an extent um so let's first talk about of course the most famous one until 50 shades of gray sadly came along was nine and a half weeks with mickey rourke and kim basinger and of course i think everybody knows this movie <laughs> out there even if you haven't seen it you know of this movie. So let's talk about nine and a half weeks. So Angela, what are your thoughts on nine and a half weeks? I'm one of those per people that just watched it just last night. Honestly, the, the movies, um, I, I had like a little so-so to it though. I do. It's so much better than obviously 50 shade of gray, just because I love how, um, I'm so sorry. I was just watching another movie. What, what was the 
main character John. Yes, sorry. Um, I just like how he does, like, you know, he, you know, asked her, you know, if it was all right to do this. And, you know, he was communicating with her. I like, you know, just, you just have, see, I see, I liked how communicative he was. So it was like, you know, he wanted to make sure that, you know, if it was okay for her and, you know, to do all that stuff, um, you know, he take good care of her. The only thing that I just, the, the, my red flag that came was like when she asked him if it's if he can like come and like see her friend and he said and he made this like expressions banging his head on the on the table and like just being a baby about it not want to see her friend that was like a red flag to me just because honestly Anyone, it's like for same thing for Fifty Shades of Grey. Like Christian didn't didn't want anyone you know near her. Or whatever he was trying to like basically take anyone that cares about her away from her. And I was having this in in this moment was like, well, I mean, he was John wasn't doing that though. It was just the fact that he didn't want to be known. He didn't want to be part of her life, which I think it's totally. I guess, find some people. People are super, you know introvert and I guess that's it but like I felt like because they're so in long in their relationship of everything they've been going through I thought that it's it was kind of weird for her for him to not you know like and the fact that she has to like see where he works at and I thought when she went to his office I thought he was just going to explode because I was having this just mini trigger like mini thing in my because I had these issues before when I you know young was like you know, just snooping around because I didn't feel right. And then I got in trouble for it. And then I got, I basically got beat up for it in my, you know, in the past. And so it was just like the unknown of just, you know, just in some part of it, he was communicated, but some part he didn't tell about his life, just kind of gave me a red flag. And um, the fact that in the end that, you know, he brought another girl in without, you know, she didn't, you know, they didn't talk about it, you know, that also, you know, he, I feel like slowly he just fucked up. I don't know. That's just my opinion. So. Yeah. Sasha. Um, first of all, can we talk about the shoulder pads for days in that movie? <laughs> I mean, the movie's 1980s. And I, the first thing I'm watching it, cause I watched it again recently for this so that I could refresh because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And all I kept thinking was like, oh my God, the shoulder pads. Oh my God, the shoulder pads. How did anybody think shoulder pads were a good fashion it's true. choice? It's true. They're like, I, my Lord, the shoulder pads. Um, So some of the notes that I made while watching it was first of all, when he meets her, like they make this weird, awkward eye contact at a point, And then she's looking at the scarf. It's $300. He buys the scarf for her as his like seduction technique like here's this expensive thing that i bought you so again it's a wealthy white male and i'm going to gift you with stuff um i have there are some very hot scenes in that movie and then there are some scenes where i'm like consent consent where is the fucking consent like come on you know so he I think a lot of it is him just pushing her, but they never 
have a conversation about where her boundaries are and what's okay and what's not. And for me, it's very difficult to watch some of that because it's like, why, why can we not just have this conversation? And he pushes her to the point where she lashes out at him. And there's the one scene where I don't, you can view it two ways, but really, I mean, he basically rapes her on the dining room table because he grabs her. She comes back in and starts swinging on him and he grabs her and he rips her underwear off, like tears them. That's to me, that's a violent thing. And it's not a like, Hey, we talked about this. I mean, eventually she's like hugging on him and into the sex, but it starts out real aggressive and very triggery. Um, so that's one where I'm just like, I don't know. The Can we talk about the leave your hat on dance scene? Who the hell has that lighting in their house? How is but I she love always that scene. backlit? <laughs> but I love that scene. I love this scene too, but I want to know who has that lighting. My lights it's are true. all overhead. Filmmakers, <laughs> filmmakers. It's just like, what nonsense. Karen, I am film. in for that whole thing, the leave your hat on striptease dance i just want to know whose house is backlit like that nobody's that's very true but it, you know <laughs> no that is definitely good i like that one the reason i like that one is because he's just like watching and he has like genuine kind of joy it's like this kind of giggly it's very fun it's very playful that's more my cup of tea than like you know some of the more violent things. So I like that. Um, the kitchen scene, which is so funny because I remember watching the kitchen scene and being like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's hot. I like that. I apparently have hit the age now where I'm like, I don't want to fucking clean up honey that's all over the goddamn floor. Because <laughs> there's, I'm watching it now going, oh, what a mess. If I could do that in somebody else's house, I'm in. And not have to clean it up. But the kitchen scene is hot. Like the feeding her the different things. I'm all in for that. The leave your hat on. Because that, that that's such a great song too. You know. So there's certain parts of that that I was like really liking. But like Angela said. He doesn't want to interact with her family. He's like your pe- you can have your people during the day. I have you at night. It's that separation again. Um, And it's him. I I don't know what his personal demons are because they never really talk about why he does what he does. But he very clearly is like, something's going on. And then at the end, when she pushes back and leaves and he's that last scene where he's like, I'm going to count to 50 or whatever and then you'll be back. And he starts counting. You're like, oh, you're you're broken. How do we fix you? You know, so there's there's a bunch of things where I'm like, I just... Rich white dudes, let's go get some therapy. Let's get some therapy, guys. Start there. <laughs> so that you can have healthy, consensual BDSM relationships. Because I'm all about it. I'm for it. If this is your jam, then let's do it. But let's do it right. So I do think Nine and a Half Weeks got some things that are okay. But there's a bunch of other, like, unfortunately, consent issues for me. Can we also talk about the alley? Where they got chased by two men. <laughs> and then she stabbed them. She stabbed everyone in the ass. And I was like, and then they have hot sex. 
And also, it was just getting pretty hot because they were having sex after in the rain. I love sex rain. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I love sex, sex rain. Yeah, there's a movie I almost put on this list called um, Crash, which I don't know if anyone has ever seen it. It's not not the crash that won Best Picture. It's a movie about people that get turned on by car accidents. Yeah. So, and I almost put that on there, but. Yeah, that's that's a totally different different level. I actually don't like that movie, but I know a lot of people do. But I don't like it. Um, and Susie, your thoughts? So this might be due to my own personal history, um, but the minute this man stepped on screen, I like my hackles rose up, and I was like, Mm-mm. "No, no, we're not we're not going to do this. No, stop! Like a thousand have been like, stop staring at me, sir. It's kind of weird." And then. Like the scene afterwards, where they, I think they're in his like boathouse or something. I don't know where, I don't remember where they were. Where he's like, There's no taxi outside. If you scream, no one can hear you. I was like, I'm gonna stop you right there, sir. And I'm gonna GTFO because this, this is not my cup of tea. Like, you don't joke like that with someone. You barely met this woman. Oh, God. And the whole, like, leaving her on top of the ferret's wheel while he goes to get a cough. No, no, I'm sorry. There was nothing about this man that I found remotely attractive. Like, the whole movie, I was just like, oh, God, she's going to get murdered. Oh, my God, no, no. Like, this, again, this would have been a perfect horror movie, at least for me. Just saying. Um, but just, like, I I was, like, analyzing like the 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 sexy scenes and I'm so sorry I'm using air quotes because there was nothing I was like what is this what like the okay presumably they're doing the the kitchen scene at her apartment with her roommate there imagine if her roommate were to walk in on her friend just dousing the floor in honey like I, I just I would have been like, oh, you're cleaning that up because I can't today. I'm out. Like I can't, I can't do this. Not today. Like I, can't. oh my god. And just like if that honey gets into her nethers, she's gonna have a bitch of a yeast infection. I'm sorry. It's just it's we gotta we gotta acknowledge that. I can't. Like oh god. I was like oh it's it's like it's sticky, and it's gonna be oh no no sir no this isn't lotion. Get get out of here. I mean this oh. And the scene with the friends, like Angela said, where he's like knocking his head against the table and he's like, no, you just go hang out with your friends. I'll have you at night. Like if that's a pre-established like agreement of your relationship that you have, that's fine. But these two blur the line so much between either if it's like a casual thing or more of like a serious thing. So it's understandable that she'd be like, hey, if that she would see it as more serious because of all the time they spend together and all the things they do together. Like, it makes sense for her to be like, hey, I want you to meet my friends and get to know them. He's like, no, I don't want to. You just go do that. It's like, that's a Spice Girls moment for me. Like, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends, sir. Or at least just, like, meet them and be like, hi, yeah, we're just, we're fucking on the side. You know, it's it's okay. We're all great. Like, I don't, I don't know. Just personal feelings. I did not like this movie. I found the whole relationship wholly unhealthy. None of it I found like sensual or exciting. I was like, it is a product of its time. I'm just, <laughs> it is definitely, a, oh my God. It's just, ugh, this man. I wrote notes. Let's see. 
mainly infuriated by the relationship and the unhealthy aspects of it. Yeah, that's pretty much like you don't bring another partner, another participant into a sexual relationship with your partner unless you've both talked about it beforehand and both have consented and agreed to this. Like, okay, do you want to bring in a sex worker and have have it like spice things up to add a third person? Okay, great. We'll talk about it and like set your boundaries but don't just like fling it upon someone like oh my god oh elizabeth sweetie you need a really good therapist and i'm so glad that you walked away from this relationship john i do not like you but you also need some help so that you can have more successful relationships in the future because this ain't it this this is not it and this been this movie's been re-examined over the years. My thoughts are a little bit different, and I'll share them in just a second here. So, Angela, you wanted to add something there? I just didn't know if he was aware about her past relationship. Because if he was aware of it and the fact that he brought in a, was a sex worker or someone in, knowing her past history, that's kind of fucked up. I don't you know, know if I, he did or not. Because, I don't think he did because yeah. from what I understood at the end of the movie that he just started sharing personal information with her. And it it like they just he was like, oh, crap, I'm going to lose her. I need to start talking about stuff so that she can see we're on equal footing. But no, sir, that equal footing was lost long ago. Please get some help, please, for <laughs> not only for your safety and your health, but for others mainly yours please do it for you i i'm i'm gonna i will say okay i saw this movie um i first saw this movie right after high school like i was, i know i was like 18 and i will say this is actually the movie that i had already been sort of introduced to bdsm but this was a movie that also introduced me to it um i i examine it more critically now than i did when i first saw it because when i first saw it i fell in love with this movie. <laughs> um, I thought Mickey Rourke was the sexiest man in the world in this movie. Um, I think the kitchen scene is one of the sexiest scenes in any movie ever. There's just something about it because um, there's a playfulness to it. There's a sex scene is a funnest. There's no, no outright violence, harm, you know, even him feeding her the jalapeno is still not um, being cruel. And it's so playful and sweet. And I was like, I want to do that it's instantly. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. And I understand stickiness, blah, blah, blah. But putting that all aside, I just thought it was just so sexy and amazing. And I think, you know, and, and I think stuff like that food play is really fun and sexy. And so I loved that scene. Um, I love the you can keep your hat on scene um every time i hear that song this this is the movie i think of i can never think of anything else other than this movie i think it's one of the sexiest strip tease scenes i've ever seen in a movie and what makes it sexy to me is number one you see um elizabeth this is the first time really i think you see her okay with her body she's becoming more okay with her sexuality because that's what this movie is about to me for her her side is her becoming used to her body and what her and how powerful her body can be and loving her body um and so I just, I loved that. And watching his reaction while he's watching her was really sweet and sexy. And he was turned on, but he was also um, 
taken in with her and he was charmed and he just loved watching her feel that, you know, even with the perfect backlighting, <laughs> it was still absolutely amazing. Uh, but I do agree. There's a lot of unhealthy aspects to this. Um, there isn't much consent there. He's very secretive. He's a very damaged, damaged, damaged person. I mean, really damaged. And the fact that he wants this, he wants to be secret. He, and he wants her relationship with him to be secret. And that's not a very good thing. That's very harmful. So I do agree with that. And I do agree looking at this critically, this is not the most accurate thing. This is not necessarily something you should follow. I just really always, I just still to this day will find some of it just incredibly sexy and hot. And the kitchen scene is one of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> so I will always love that. Um, and I just really liked their chemistry. I thought they had really good chemistry together. I think it's a very sad and heartbreaking movie in the end. Um, and I, and I understand it's not the healthiest portrayal, but yeah. So I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of it, but I see, I see the harm in it. And I think I'm a fan of it because it has this special place in my heart as a young 18 year old discovering new things sexually that it just, I don't know, it, it awakened new turn ons. Okay, well, let's move on to another movie that I know some people have issues with. I personally adore everything about it, but I understand. Uh, so let's move on to Secretary. Um, so, Angela, what are your overall thoughts on Secretary? I think just Secretary it was just like kind of a trauma because I just like having like, I don't know, someone like higher than me, like telling me what to do and all these stuff. It was just kind of sexy and the fact that, you know, he, you know, cared for her, do that, that, that bathroom scene, the, the, the showering, the, just washing her and like putting her onto like the, um, if I remember correctly, is it like the grass? Oh, yeah, it's like a grassy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw that. That was just really like nice. And I just like, oh, I wish someone would take care of me of that. Overall, the movie Secretary, um, it did, you know, like, it did portray like, you know, some BSM, like, you know, just consent and communications. But there's, I just felt like he's also one of the guys that's like rich lawyers kind of get with, with it you know, also have a lot of fuckeries. And it's like, and the fact that she was also going through some mental health of herself, which I, you know, which I can totally understand that he did help her in a way, you know, try to not inflict the pain in her. Or, but like, but, you know, I mean, he did help her like in some way, but I just thought that when it comes to mental health and, you know, especially with BDSM, it's like, it's like really risky for me you know like because I know some of my friends who are not known for BDSM don't know much about it they get into it and then they got raped because they didn't know much about it and then they were going through like some PDS disease and stuff so it was just like you know for me just I don't know I don't, I don't know what you guys thoughts on it but that's just my opinions so Sasha your thoughts on secretary um so the first time I saw Secretary, I absolutely loved it. I like out the gate loved it. Um and I loved it for a long time. I think up until I just rewatched it. Here's the problem is I'm rewatching things with more information in my head now. And when I go back, I'm like, oh that's problematic. Oh, that's problematic. Um so 
secretary, I think there's, it starts out kind of non-consensual, you know, where he like has her bend over the table or over his desk and all of that. Um, and then she's like, oh, wait a minute. I kind of like this. And it, you know, she's totally all in, you know, what is it like when they flash to the six months or whatever, and she's walking with her arms in the mm-hmm. bars and all of that. Like she is all in for this relationship and everything that's happening. Um, so I'm all in for her. My biggest problem with this is when he, like she runs away, she's in the wedding dress and shows up at his office and is like, this is what I want. This is it. Um, and he's like, well, stay here until I get back. And he leaves her for three days while he's dealing with whatever his own shit is. He basically did not come back, did not contact her and left her there for three whole days. And for me, that's abusive. Like that's neglect. That's not cool. You know, I, he does make his amends later with, you know, taking care of her and stuff like that. And she's obviously okay with it all. Um, but that whole leaving her thing, I not, uh, that's just not cool. Um, cause obviously she didn't know he was going to be gone that long. You know, I think she thought he'd be gone for a little bit and then come back. Um, the one thing that I do love is at the end of the movie when they're like making their bed or whatever. And she pulls the cockroach out of her pocket, the dead bug and puts it in the bed, like fully knowing what's going to happen. That cracked me up. Cause it's like, she's all in. The relationship is her thing. She loves it. So as long as she's happy and feels safe and, you know, consent and all of that, then I'm not going to judge. But that the three-day thing really hit wrong. Susie. So I, oh, I don't remember when was the first time I watched it. But I know I was young. I was like, not, like, too young for it to be, like, worrying, but I was maybe, like, prepubescent. I think that's, like, the... Te- Man, it's all c- making... Yeah, anyway. I'm like, it's all making sense. Um, <laughs> but it, but I rewatched it last night just to kind of, like, get it fresh in my head um, for the podcast. And I don't... I, I don't know if it was because I was watching it with headphones or if it's just, like, the inherent uh, quality of the film. But in a way, the film kind of feels very ASMR-y. Like, just, like, it has a lot of really good sounds. Like, when she's walking or when she when she grabs her bag of supplies and, like, when she moves stuff around, when she's typing, I'm like, and when they speak, I, it just, it, it has a very ASMR quality to it. And I was like, I'm digging this. Like, this is kind of chill, not going to lie. Uh, just so... I don't know, maybe if you need, like, a good little, like, background ASMR movie, it'd be nice. Um, but in regards to the film itself, um, I kind of I kind of like their relationship, although I did have my issues with it. Um, I do really appreciate how he was able, how he kind of used his position as kind of, like, her dom to kind of, like, help her stop her self-harm behavior and kind of redirected it towards something that is a might more positive rather than her just inflicting self-harm onto her to herself and at least in in the acts of like telling her what to do and stuff um 
like even from the beginning of the movie when she says that she liked being in the institution or because there was a sense of routine and she knew exactly what to do so it kind of that kind of shows that she thrives in a situation or that she does better in situations where she has some sort of force that or something that keeps her like kind of oh god I don't think I'm going to say this very well but she does very well in a situation where kind of like there is a structure for her and I feel that um Mr. Gray <laughs> I just I couldn't get over the fact that his name was Mr. Gray and that Mr. Gray was able to kind of like help provide that structure for her and kind of helped her become more like self-assured and and explore her like kind of burgeoning sexuality and I just my heart broke for her so much because like I've been her like I could see myself in her and I was like oh girl like you don't know me but I it's gonna get better like just me I was like her pulling all the items out of her bag I was like I had something similar too and I had kind of almost like a similar routine and I was like man that's I see that. But then him saying, like, you're not going to do this to yourself anymore. Instead, we're going to do this, this, and this. And kind of how he helped her become more confident. Like, I really like the scene where he calls her into his office and is like, hey, I want you to answer the phone, but be confident. You're not a child. You're a woman. So you can do this. And she's and he's like, see, that's great. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. See, he's, like, helping her become more confident. And I, di- I did have my issues with... um when they just started spanking her because it's just, it's kind of like thrust upon her, like no consent was given. And, and granted, she did like it, but still it was like, that's not an okay thing to do. That's something you communicate with someone like, because you did this, you're going to be punished. We're not going to do this in like a sexual manner. But I feel, ah, oh, just there's a lot of blurring of the lines there, I feel, because he never does a really good job, I think, of establishing that this is something that we're doing for you and possibly for me. I don't know. It's just, it has a lot of weird feelings surrounding this film. I, I feel like I can't, like, properly, like, say them or put them in the words. Um, but I will say the three-day scene, definitely, I was like, dude, if you're going to leave, it's like, oh, I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back. Give her, like, a timetable at least. Like, pop your head in there and be like, hey, I'll be back in three days. Or, hey, I'm going to be back in one day. Or, hey, stay there. Give me a couple hours. Let me figure this out. And just kind of, like, testing her with the whole, like, sending in her fiancé and ringing the phone. I was like, dude, that's not. That's a no-no. Um, But one part that I really, really loved and I really liked was like the final scene with the aftercare, I thought that was just like, that made me like the film like a whole lot more because just the way he like carries her and takes her in and lays her on this bed of moss grass Mm -hmm. and like gives her a bath and like shows her all this like reverence and how she says that she tells him about every scar and everything and, He's just kind of like, in a way, worshiping her body. And I was like, oh, 
I wish we could have gotten more aftercare scenes at least. I feel like I would have really really enjoyed that like a lot more if we got more of that because oftentimes in like in these films when they show these scenes of BDSM they don't really show a lot of the aftercare and aftercare is just as if not more important than the actual act of dominance because sometimes like when you do partake in BDSM you do need to have that like coming down moment or and being taken care of or you are taken care of or you take care of others and there's that kind of like to sound to not use Mm -hmm. I'm gonna use the word a lot that mutual like care that you're showing each other and you're giving to each other that also instills I feel like a deeper connection between you and and whoever you're partaking in with I love this movie very very much this is one of my favorite love stories um I totally there are I totally get the issues. I don't have as big of an issue with the three day thing as everybody else does. Um, I love this movie because I could relate a lot to Maggie Gyllenhaal's character um, with the self harm thing, and I think what's and it's also with the you know I've been in a hospital before, I've dealt with that before, um, with coming out when you come out of a situation like that. It doesn't matter if you've been in there for a couple of days or however long, you know, the, she was there for a long time. It doesn't matter. You still have this weird thing of it's very hard to get used to the quote unquote normal world and to come back out to that and be living, you know, a normal life and functioning the way everybody else is and going about your duties. And everybody kind of expects that a lot of people do. Other people treat you with kid gloves like her mom treats her. Um, so you've got all this different combinations there. And of course, of course, I related to the self-harm thing, like I mentioned before. Um, that's something that I have struggled with my whole life as well. So definitely related on that. Um, I'm always, as I said, more on the Dom side, but I still related to the fact of her finding, she finds her power through this relationship. She finds her own self-assuredness. She's able to, you know, that scene where she goes and she tells her mom, you are, I don't need you to drive me anymore. I'm going to walk home. And she has that walk where she walks and she's narrating. She said that's the first time she's ever walked by herself in her life. And that scene is so beautiful because it's so much her finding herself and finding her own voice and finding her own power and realizing she is a powerful person and that she's okay and that she can do stuff on her own. I love that scene. Um, I, the reason I don't have as much of a problem with the waiting thing is, I don't know. I, I think if she had been maybe like, if she'd been tied to the chair or something like that, I would have had a big problem with it. I think, I don't know. I just don't have, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I totally understand why people have an issue with it. I don't have an issue with it because I didn't see it as him being a jerk to her necessarily. I saw it as, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I don't have it. I don't have an issue with it. I don't know. I understand why people do, but to me, I, I don't, um, I think for for James Spader's character, for Mr. Gray, I think for him, 
he's never been able to have um, a healthy relationship with anyone or been able to commit to having this relationship with anyone because he doesn't really um, believe in himself and he doesn't believe that he's worthy of this and he doesn't see that he's worthy of love or anything like that. And I think he discovers that through this movie and the scene where he, uh, the aftercare scene, like everybody has described, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's very, it's beautiful. It's loving. Um, it's sexy, it's sweet, it's romantic. And the, and the whole part where she's asking him while he's kissing her body and kissing every inch of her, basically worshiping her body. Like you said, Susie, when she's asking him all those questions and he's not answering and he's not answering. And then he finally answers, you know, where he's from. And it's so loving. It's so loving. It's like one of the most lovely scenes in the whole movie. So I just, I love it. I think it's, a, while I understand um, that there are some issues with consent, there totally are, with the first time he spanks her, that kind of stuff, not setting up boundaries, not setting up rules. Um, I think it is a more accurate depiction than you normally see of a relationship like that. There is still that respect and love and the fact that she has power. The fact that you see as a sub that she is gaining some power and some control and how much she loves like the, when she's eating and when she's, you know, she gets the four peas and a little bit of mashed potatoes and how much pleasure she is deriving from that. Like she does not feel deprived at all. She loves it. And that's what I thought was also really beautiful. And then seeing the comparison between her and, and the guy that she was engaged oh, to for shit. a little bit. So it was, was just an interesting. I just, I love it. And I love the performances and everything. Um, Angela, you wanted to add something in there? Oh, no, I was going to um, say that I agree with you with the, I actually have no problem with the waiting. I thought that was kind of, I actually liked it as well. And the fact that you mentioned that, you know, there wasn't, any consent in the beginning and it is you know like you know bdsm is like it's like it's it's like new for people and like you know as you know i felt like they both kind of know their consent and boundaries in the end and you know like they know what they want and like and so that's you know i don't know as long you know i just felt like they i don't know if that makes Sense, though but they basically have understanding of each other needs and wants and that's all and you know and if she's happy that's all that matters so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then I think you fully know that she is fully happy in it with like you said Sasha with her dropping the bug in the bed I mean that's totally she knows what she's doing she knows it's going to lead to something but she wants it. It's not, it's a consensual thing. It's not at all like, you know, something unhealthy and she's very happy in her relationship and you see how happy and content and full she is. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I love the movie so, 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 so much. It's one of my favorite love stories. I think it's such a great love story. I just, I love it. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to the show bonding that's on Netflix and there's two seasons. I know Angela only watched the first season, so we'll just mainly just focus on the first season. But I want to get everyone's uh, general overall thoughts on this, Angela. So it's still fresh for me. Um, I mean, because I just like literally watched the first season this morning because it was like only 15 minutes short for each episode. Okay, I I know you know you. I actually loved it. I think it was just because um, I I was like you know I can relate to um, uh, Tiff 
in some way that, you know, like, you know, she got hurt by tons of men. And, you know, we like we all did. And sometimes like the only way to kind of just like know things like like I feel like the only thing that we could satisfy man is through sex. And, you know, I when she tell Carter about, you know, about it and I kind of cried because like, you know, I did use, you know, my sex life and everything just to, you know, um, hurt myself more and hurt other people more. and. You know, um, so this this show really does hit me a lot. I love how I felt like there might be some like issues. I think what Aaron told me earlier, I would like to know about your opinions about it later. But uh, for me, though, I like that it was like it was like fresh and new, and like you know, it's like a in some way a good way for people to want to get into BDSM and like uh, you know just in a in a very silly way i like how it doesn't have to be like whipped or spank or all the intense stuff it can be like i like how you know we have like mistress may um there's this person who who's dressed as a penguin costume and some for some reason that's like a fetish for people and i love like how open like how open it can be or for some reason like it i like the scene where um there's these two couples and the wife came to mistress may because wasn't for her was because she wanted her husband needs some help or i guess like he needs help tickling and the wife actually also found out that she also have her own i guess like anger and the only way for her to like you know, releases to like punch someone at this point, Carter, her, um, you know, so I, I liked how, how it, you know, it, how not restrain in this show. I don't know how to describe it. I, I just felt it was just so open. Like it, it, it was like telling me like everybody has a problem. And I felt like, BDS and like in that way, like tells, you know, like there's ways for you to kind of like unleash your anger or unleash whatever feelings you have without being judged and to, you know, love your body again, to love your soul, your love for mind. I just, there's something about it that I just love. And I don't really know if you guys felt the same way, but that's just my opinion. So, Sasha, what's your opinion? Um, yeah, so I enjoyed bonding. I watched both seasons. They're super short, guys. So mm-hmm. listeners, it's on Netflix. It's free. They're like 15 minutes. You know, you can throw it on while you're cooking dinner. It's not for me. It's um, it's not as heavy as like nine and a half weeks or secretary. It's like cotton candy almost. It's just very fluffy. But what I like about it and I don't. It's not really like a great accurate like oh this is what it should be but i like that they remove a lot of the stigma from different fetishes so there's like the penguin guy you know and they don't nobody's being demonized nobody's being ridiculed so i appreciate that from it um they're trying to make it a little bit more normalized and um you know just like hey this is something that people are into if it's not your cup of tea it's not your cup of tea if it's not your jam don't do it you know but 
you don't have to knock the people that are. Um, so I kind of like that aspect of it. I think, and I know Angela hasn't made it to season two yet, but I think in season two, we see a little bit more of, you know, the Mistress May character realizing what she's doing wrong as a Dom and trying to fix that um, so that she is better. Uh, better is not the right word. What am I looking for? So that she's competent more... or more like competent. caring, competent. caring too. Yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> competent. Um, so that she's doing the best that she can. Right. And not actually like, Oh, I'm just going to go hurt people to hurt people. So that's my two cents on that. Susie. I, I am also on, okay. So I'm on the first season but, a, but I watched a video where two drag queens review this season, season two. And so I have I have some of that spoiled for me, so I don't mind too much. But I did see some, I think, like new kinks that they introduced in the second season, kind of. Um, I do really like the de-stigmatite, de oh gosh, words. De-stigmatization, de-stigmatizing. De- the, the taking away of, like, kink-shaming certain kinks. Um like like the guy that likes to be berated or the guy that likes to be peed on. <laughs> the penguin dude. There, There's some people that enjoy being financially controlled. There's some people that enjoy being house slaves. And there's, I, I like that like representation of all the different kind of like subsets that can fall under BDSM. Um, and I do, I do like how there's sometimes callbacks to earlier things. Like in the first season, um, one of our main characters, Tiff, she she's in a psychology class and her professor tells her that the role play relationships, they're a minefield because oftentimes the lines can be blurred and it could harm either participant or both. And then we see that later on with with Tiff and one of her submissives where that line becomes blurred and she's and the submissive crosses the line and she's wholly not comfortable with it and that is a callback to that and I I really like that and something that I really really liked was when her and her friend um Carter Pete mm-hmm. Carter Same Carter person? is Carter's what he goes by in in the okay. community and Pete is his real name yeah yeah sometimes the names confuse me <laughs> yeah like they're lying in bed and he grabs the masks and they put them on and she's like, what are we doing this for? And he's like, no questions. This is to protect us. And having those on allows them to show a little more vulnerability in their relationship and talk to each other and communicate. And I, I think that's so wonderful. And I think that's really good that they were able to kind of like use that as like a jumping off point for them to like talk about things a little bit. And I think that's really sweet. And also... Doug is a himbo. He's a full-on himbo. I was kind of leery about him because, as I said, I'm leery of all men. Let's prove otherwise. But I was like, I was like, Ugh. and then I came around to him. I was like, oh, this, this, what a really thoughtful date idea. Just like take her to a ping pong arcade. Like that's so sweet. I was like, oh, and he got our quarters. Oh, little shirt. I want to be a feminist. Oh, so cute. Just. Yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah, I can't wait to see the second season. I just finished the first. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I I love Doug. What? Yeah, I from what what I'm hearing from, I think I'm really excited for second season too because you're telling me that 
you know, uh, Mistress Mayor Tiffany is, is learning, you know, that, you know, what she's doing. Or I guess that was Sasha was telling me that what was doing was wrong. And I feel like that's like part of just like kind of like um, learning experience because, you know, I think I told you, you know, I did, you know, practice a dominatrix for two years. So it is like, you know, and there was like a lot of things that the only reason why I kind of quit was because I did not did aftercare and hurted someone really bad and, and, and traumatized me in which, you know, I'm still trying to like go through learning again and trying to experience more and everything. So I'm actually, so, you know, I feel, I feel like that's what, you know, I relate to Tiffany so much. I'm actually excited to see, you know, like, you know, her growing up in like in season two and stuff like that. So, but that was just. Um, yeah. I think season two is a lot better than season one. Uh, frankly, that's just my opinion. Um, I totally disagree about the kink thing. I totally are shaming everybody with a weird kink in this show. I guess I'm viewing it differently. I think it's a very entertaining show. Um, I like Tiffany and Pete's relationship. I like the way they explore it more in season two than in season one. Um, I do like the fact that um, they're not shaming her as a dominatrix. I do think they're shaming all the kinks because I think the only thing they're showing is people going there that have some weird thing and they're showing them as very weird people. They made me uncomfortable. I didn't, I didn't, and that's the part I don't like about this. I know this show is criticized a lot in the community, actually, I guess. Um, And that's why they changed it a little bit in season two. Um, so I saw it differently, but I'm glad that everybody saw it that way. I thought it was very entertaining and easy to get through, and I laughed at certain things, and I thought cert- certain things were cool. Um, but I don't know. I, ha- I don't know. There was something about it that made me f- – that kind of turned me off, to be honest, <laughs> about the way they portrayed certain things. I didn't think they had that much respect. I think they thought – the way I kind of viewed it was that they thought that the only way they could show um, this world was to show just weird kinks that people might think are really weird and that they can't relate to. And so they can laugh at these people going there instead of maybe relating to them. That to me was the way it was done. And I'm not at all kink shaming at all, because I think it's great to show different, everybody has different kinks. And I think it's good that they were, you know, one person they showed was in their regular life um, as a regular person that you may not think is into that stuff. But then what they do with that character in the second season. um, Anyway, uh, I just, I don't know. That's my issue with it. I do think the relationship with Pete and Tiffany is the best part of the show. Um, I think it's very interesting to explore that as, you know, that, you know, the fact that they basically find comfort and safety in each other, but they also can have that a bad codependent thing going on at times. And so I think it's really good to explore that. I've had those relationships before with, um, with men, with gay men in particular. So I think it's very cool that they are exploring that. And I liked that side of it. I love Doug. And I was like you, Susie, when I first saw him, I'm like, Oh, this guy's gonna be so annoying. But he grew on me. And I really thought he was really he's really sweet and caring. And he really genuinely, genuinely cares for Tiffany. I mean, like, genuinely, like, she doesn't know how to, I think, process that. But he really, really cares for her. And he's just a sweet guy. He's just really just sweet. He's just trying to be a good guy. And he is a good guy. And I don't know, I just really like him. Um, He's probably my favorite 
character outside of Pete and Tiff is him for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be, I think it was renewed for a third season, but I could be wrong. Um, so I'll be curious to see where it goes. Cause like I said, I liked the second season a lot more than the first, probably because it went a little bit deeper, um, and explored things a lot better and introduced some pretty cool, I could be wrong cause I don't see a third season on here, so I could be wrong about that, but, um, or an upcoming season, but yeah, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it cause I, I thought it did some kink shaming, but I don't know. I thought it did more laughing at kinks instead of, I don't know. I don't know. That was the way I kind of viewed it. So, okay, well, I know for time-wise, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. There are so many other things that we didn't mention that I wanted to talk about that we'll have to do a follow-up because I really, you know, I saw, I watched last night Professor Marston and Wonder Woman, and I really think people should watch that movie. It's really good. It's very tame, very tame. I I will put that out there. If you want to watch something that's tame and not nine and a half weeks route, not um, secretary route. You can watch this one because it's incredibly tame, I think. Uh, but I think what I loved about this movie is there was absolutely zilch judgment. There was complete and total consent. There was It was a very loving, loving relationship between these three people. I loved all three of them. Um, I thought it was a really interesting exploration also of in that time period um, and how you couldn't really be yourself because it was illegal, number one, and number two, the judgment from everybody else. And I just thought it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it was made me love Wonder Woman even more than I already do. So I really highly recommend, you can rent that on Video On Demand, and I highly, highly recommend it, because I really just absolutely loved that movie. <laughs> Susie's clapping. Because <laughs> Susie recommended that one, because I had, I hadn't, and it's really, really good. And I also think um, the notorious Betty Page is really good, um, because Betty Page, we didn't really talk about her at all. That's a character that you really can talk about in this world. Um, but I want to throw that out there, too. Okay, so we will revisit this at some time, some period, uh, maybe get even deeper who knows? Um, and maybe there's a lot of other movies we can talk about too, like lots of them. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and close out and have everybody say where they can be found. If you want to be found and if you have anything you want to promote Angela. Hi. So, um, yeah, you, you can find me on Instagram at eo.khong. And Sasha has some resources too that she's going to promote. Yep. So, so uh, first of all, if you want to find me, you can find me on the Instagram. It's vegan geek chick. Um, there's also a link in there to my adorable dog. If you want to follow a dog, that's where you can find me. Uh, as the uh, resident mental health person, I'm going to throw out a bunch of resources for people. So the first one is the domestic violence hotline. Um, if you find yourself in a Fifty Shades of Grey moment and you're pretty sure you're being abused, this is the hotline for you. It is 1-800-799-SAFE. And SAFE is 7233. The National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE. And HOPE is 4673. Um, I'm going to throw out website for sexual assault. It's RAIN, R-A-I-N-N dot org. They are a great organization. Um, If you need resources beyond these, N-C-A-D-V dot org is a website, uh, if you go to their resources tab, you can literally click on if you need resources for children, teens, differently abled, 
women of color, LGBTQ uh, men, they have resources for every potential person that may need it. Um, and then for a friend had recommended this website. This is for people who might be interested in, you know, finding out more about the BDSM community, what different kinks might be their jam, which ones are definitely not their flavor. Um, and it is called FET Life. So F-E-T-L-I-F-E dot com. I'm going to warn you, um, it's very, very graphic. Very, very graphic. Extremely, cannot tell you enough. Extremely graphic so just so you know they call it i think their tagline is like facebook for kinks or something really bizarre like that um but that is another resource for those that are you know trying to figure things out in addition to all of the hotlines okay thank you so much i'll um put that definitely in the show notes so thank you and Susie. oh my god okay before i like close out i just i want to say this joke i've been sitting on it for the whole podcast okay so, <clears throat> my safe word of preference, and anyone else can use this if they like, because it's really fun, is meatloaf. <laughs> you want to know why? You want to know why? Yes, okay. Susie, why? Because I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh it's amazing. Oh, I love telling that to people. You get a kick out of it. But it is my safe word, though. It's, it's really fun. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you can find, well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter now. Oh, my God. I know. At um, <laughs> Suzy Q, capital Q, underscore, capital S, capital C. And you can find my dog's Instagram at B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A. That's Benny Pedlosita. Um, and just also really quick, um, if anyone wants any kind of like fun, kink-friendly educational content, you can also go on YouTube and look up the channel What's the Safe Word? It's run by these like really funny like kink educators that want to want to educate people about the kink community, but do so in a fun way. So yeah, just give them a check if you want. They're really cool. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if there is any movie uh, about BDSM that you think is really accurate that you want us to watch, feel free to email us at itsafandomthingpod at gmail.com. That does not mean I want you to spam me with porn. I should preface it with that. I just, all of a sudden when I said that, I just was envisioning like horrible things coming over to me. So, okay. And on our next episode, Sasha will be back along with um, Carla. Hopefully, fingers crossed, there might be something where she might not be able to be. And Sarah, and we are going to be talking about something that I'm, I've been wanting to talk about this film for 21 years now. You already got a preview of me talking about Christian fucking Bale. So we are going to, that's his official name now. Um, so we are going to be talking about Christian fucking Bale in American Psycho. So there will also be trigger warnings for that, but I am so damn excited about this. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate.
Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Timmies. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive. <laughs>